When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show. It's the third hour this Friday, August 5th. Three minutes or so, four minutes after the two o'clock hour. I'm Bradley Trainer. Colleen will be back on Monday along for the ride today. Holly, just around the corner, by the way, Paul's trip to the movies will join us and tell us what's in theaters and on streaming. But I'm very excited to welcome to the show right now, Dr. Aditya Chandakar, a Minneapolis resident, not only for the last two and a half years, but currently an infectious disease physician at the University of Minnesota and Dr. Chandakar. First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And um, not only do I want to welcome you to the show, I'm very excited that you're joining us because I think it's crucial right now that people understand what monkeypox is and how they should be responding to it. So let me just kick things off with a question. Um, and, sure. and ask you just from a very basic level for our listeners, what is monkeypox? Is it a new infection? And where did it come from? Sure. I think I think that's a good question. And I'm, I'm really happy to uh, kind of have this opportunity because uh, I think over the last few months, as, as monkeypox has been in the news, there's been a lot of misinformation about monkeypox mm-hmm. that we see on the news, on social media, uh, and are happy to provide a medical perspective to perhaps kind of give more information to people and allay people's fears. Um, so I think monkeypox isn't a new infection. It's um, an infection belonging to the pox virus family. It's related to small pox, which is an infection which was eradicated in the 70s. Um, I mean, monkeypox has been known to be seen in humans for about five decades. Uh, It's been endemic in Western Central Africa. And over the past half a century, we've been seeing a few isolated outbreaks, maybe 30 or 40 cases at a time, but linked to travel to endemic areas or, say, handling of animals from uh, endemic areas. I think starting May of this year, when a couple of cases were reported in uh, the UK without a history of travel to endemic areas, we've seen um, this infection significantly increase in terms of its spread. And I think as of today, we've had over 26,000 cases that have been reported in over 80 countries across the globe, most of which never had prior cases of monkeypox and were not known to be endemic. Wow. So, you know, with that being considered, who is at risk for monkeypox? And another question for you, uh, why is it being associated with men who have sex with men? Sure. That's another good question. I, I would say, I think, 
looking at the data, looking at the cases that we've seen so far, uh, I think most of the cases have been reported in men having sex with men. Um, and I think uh, there, this kind of brings or raises concerns, especially uh, in the face of kind of rising homophobia across the world, across the country as to gay men being targeted uh, or, or being blamed for the spread of an infection. Uh, I think uh, based upon uh, the results or based upon the data that we've seen presented across the globe, most of the cases have been seen in men having sex with men. I would say at this point of time, uh, the people who are most at risk would be gay and bisexual men who have sex with men just by virtue of uh, kind of the infection spreading in um, in, in social networks, I would say the, the risk to the population at large remains relatively low. However, I think the most important thing is for us to try and get resources to this uh, vulnerable community to try and make sure that we try and contain the infection so that uh, the population at large outside of, say, a specific vulnerable community, uh, we don't see infection spilling over. Yeah, I think it's that's why I wanted to have you on today, uh, Dr. Chandrakar, because I think, you know, people have maybe heard some things and they think, oh, mm -hmm. maybe this doesn't affect me or maybe it only affects a certain kind of person. I don't need to listen or I can tune out. Can to that, can you speak to how monkeypox is transmitted from person to person? Sure. Um, so. Uh, based upon what we know, I think the the biggest risk or the way it's transmitted between person to person is, um, say, close personal contact and close physical contact with uh, with lesions of monkeypox. I think in addition to that, um, there's risk of transmission through, say, large respiratory droplets, especially for somebody who might be in close physical proximity to a person who has the infection. Um, there's a smaller but known risk of transmission through what we call fomites or, say, secondary objects of infection, for example, bedding or clothing, which might have been worn or have come into contact with uh, a, a person who might have the infection. Uh, but there's kind of rumors going around or there's people who want to, uh, say, monkeypox is airborne and uh, presents a risk to the population at large. And I would say, we don't have any evidence of that. Um, I would say at this point of time, uh, uh, the, the, the most likely or the, the greatest way of transmission that we're seeing is through close, um, say, person-to-person -person contact. Hmm. Very interesting. Thank you, uh, Dr. Chandakar, for that. You know, so if someone finds himself mm -hmm. infected with monkeypox, what are the kinds mm -hmm. of treatments they can seek out uh, for this virus? Sure. So considering that there hasn't been in the past, uh, say, a lot of directed research on monkeypox, we, what we're ending up doing is using treatments which were developed for smallpox and, and using them in patients with monkeypox, which where because of uh, the similarity between viruses, we do see clinical efficacy. Um, and so for the most part, I think a lot of people who end up having infections will have uh, quote-unquote mild course and by mild I don't mean to minimize symptoms at all because a lot of people mm -hmm. do have uh, very severe symptoms which require say pain control but mild only in the sense that uh, fatalities from monkeypox have been 
extremely uncommon during this current outbreak. Uh, but I think most treatment is supportive in terms of control of pain, uh, control of itching, and uh, the discomfort that comes with physical lesions, ensuring that people are hydrated, people are eating and resting okay, uh, and monitoring for, say, superimposed infections. Um, in some cases, uh, there is development of a medication called tecovirimat or TPOX. And TPOX is a medication which was developed for smallpox, but it has been shown to be effective in, uh, say, more severe cases of monkeypox in patients with visceral, so uh, mucosal lesions, or patients who might be, say, immunocompromised. Knowing that this medication is in short supply, uh, we uh, physicians across the Twin Cities are being educated to reach out to the CDC to kind of order this drug and use it in patients who would benefit from it. So if somebody has monkeypox and especially are having severe manifestations of it, I think the important thing would be to reach out to their primary physicians or reach out to their healthcare providers uh, to see if they would qualify for something like TPOX and if they're healthcare providers would consider reaching out to uh, the CDC on a case-to-case basis. No, I love this. This has been so helpful, Dr. Chandakar, because I've seen a lot of conversation around access to treatments and vaccines and testing, or at least a lot of concern about that. And, you know, frankly, I'm sure it's somewhat uh, made more intense by social media. So just as Absolutely. we as we wrap things up today, what would you suggest other than or perhaps just contacting directly your primary physician, or you know, maybe even for people who don't have a primary physician, what would you sure. recommend as a resource? So I think the most important resource right now in the cities is, say for example, I know Red Door, which is uh, one of the city's largest HIV and STI care clinics, is doing excellent work in the area. Their website and the Minnesota Department of Health website have some initial resources. I think for people who have uh, kind of concerns regarding whether they want to be tested, uh, I think discussing or calling the the number at Red Door, which is, I think the clinic has it on their website, but it's 612-543-5555, and talking to the people to see if they could come in for testing is a good resource. I think for people who are at an increased risk, so uh, say men having sex with men who um, may have more than one sexual partner or Uh, say, HIV-positive men who are sexually active uh, would be encouraged to get vaccinated because we do have a limited number of uh, vaccines but are being prioritized for individuals who are at most at risk. And so I know Red Door is one of the the centers in the cities which is providing vaccination. So I would encourage people to reach out, see if they're a candidate for vaccination, and and get the vaccine as soon as possible. Wonderful. Uh, Dr. Aditya Chandakar, an infectious disease physician at the University of Minnesota, Thank you so much for spending some time with us today to help uh, not only inform, um, but, you know, share this story with our listeners. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, listeners, I will make sure that we have through our social media a link sent out for that Red Door information he just shared. Again, the phone number, the website, they've got a page right there um, talking about if you've got questions about monkeypox or if you have questions about vaccines, testing and all that stuff. So thanks again to Dr. Chandakar and um, 
it's just nice to learn something from somebody who knows what they're talking about instead yes. of just taking things at face value on social media. Yes, and we'll have his interview up on our podcast later this afternoon. So if you have people in your life that may have questions, please direct them to this interview. Fabulous. And when we return, our good friend Paul McGuire Grimes with what to watch or not when we return right here on My Talk 1071. What are you watching this weekend? We'll find out what you should or maybe shouldn't or just like what Paul McGuire Grimes thought about a variety of things on the TV and in the movies. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. And uh, welcome, Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies.com. Thanks for having me. Hello. Uh, I can't see your face because you're in a different room, but I can see your outline. And you look fabulous today. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, lovely silhouette lovely silhouette you're projecting but uh i would love to know where you'd like to begin with the things we should pay attention to this weekend you know it's a very busy weekend for streaming series streaming movies theatrical movies there's at least six titles that are brand new this week depending on whatever service you have but let's start with one of my favorites that's opening this weekend it's a new series on netflix that everyone that knows their dc comics is excited for and this is called the sandman from neil gaiman and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very popular graphic novel, co- comic book series of his. And the premise behind this is that there is this guy named Dream or Morpheus. He is the master of dreams. And when he is in, imprisoned on Earth, um, he, the, a sleeping sickness takes over for like decades. And all of a sudden, he is able to escape. And when he comes back to his land, his realm of dreaming, he sees that it's basically been destroyed. And how does he then find old friends, old enemies to kind of rebuild the land of the dreaming. Interesting. Okay, so this has like been long awaited by long fans awaited. of Neil Gaiman. Yes, and Neil Gaiman has done everything that he could for the longest time to really stop any movie adaptation, small screen adaptation, and now we kind of felt like this is the time. Now that we've got streaming, we can, you know, have 10 episodes to crank out and really start what this show is. And he was very much involved with this, so fans can rest assured. I talked to him about it. You can see those interviews. Oh, good. He's very excited. I and I've watched fun. all 10 episodes and I've really have loved it. Oh, great. And I was, you know, Tom Sturge, who plays uh, Morpheus, um, we talked about both of us being, you know, dre- uh, virgins, you know, oh, to this material me? before going excuse into me? it. You talked so, about being a virgin? Well, with Tom Sturge. Yeah, no. So, stand and virgins. I never both the virgins. Virgin and he's like, okay, are we? <laughs> yeah. So um, my tip would be, if you're like, well, I've never read the comics. Am I going to like it? You're going to have to pay attention. There's a lot of world building in the first Just turn the subtitles on. You're fine. Right. Yeah. That's what I <laughs> so just watch. Um, and then it, but what I love about it is that each episode kind of acts like its own little mini movie because of who he meets, who he talks to. There are characters of death, desire, despair. Mm. Dr- like, it's so high concept. It kind of felt like the Matrix meets Game of Thrones. Okay. So even if you're like, I don't know if I care for that character, we'll just know that the next episode will be a kind of a new story for you that to get into. It's mythical. It's it's different worlds. It's very CGI heavy, but the story and the characters are really what it's about, not just visuals. And do you think it pays off, like, or it it it, it follows uh, whatever analogy I need to use to to say, like, does it? take you on a journey the whole way? Like, Absolutely. will you end up going, I'm really glad I sat down and watched all 10 episodes? Absolutely. I really feel that way. I finished all 10. I've had access to it for a while now, but I finished all 10. And just like, the, I would say the last three are really one storyline together. And I am I was always intrigued with these characters and the conversations that are brought up about lying to people in life or telling the truth too much. Ooh. Or this one episode where it's him, a character named Death, and the people that Death meets. And these conversations regarding life and death and how do we approach those two things? 
so very thought provoking at the same time of what this world is. It was it's really astounding. I have a lot of other questions, but we don't have time. So I want to ask you how many uh, tickets Ticket four to five for the Sandman. You can see my interviews with the cast with Neil Gaiman on my website, my YouTube channel, Paul's Trip to the Movies. Oh, what are we going to watch next? Okay. Paul, after we binged all ten episodes of the Sandman. Exactly. So there's a new movie on Hulu. It's a satire called Not Okay, and this really dives into the world of social media influencers and this woman named Danny Sanders who really wants to be famous, wants to be this influencer. So she fakes this writer's retreat in Paris, but then when there's an explosion in Paris, she kind of has to add that into her timeline. So she says, I'm a survivor of this explosion. And then it just goes down this rabbit hole of her milking this fake retreat to be this influencer and all these freebies and all the things that she gets. Meanwhile, she meets an actual influencer of a mass shooting who's trying to make the world a better place by her platform. And now she's... So she's trying to balance, like, oh my god, what have I done? But I can't give up this lie that I've created. Oh god! Ooh, sounds so you stressful. just have to feel. Yeah, I was gonna say it <laughs> sounds very stressful. It's stressful because of you know these people. Yeah. And with satire, what I thought, what I thought the writer and director did well is make these two very believable. So Dylan O'Brien plays this what who, he's referred to as a weed boy influencer. I don't know if we can get too far into his storyline, but this idea of like you meet these two characters, you're like, I know who they are. I've seen these people on TikTok. They're overtaking our world. So it kind of gives you this thought process of like, okay, well, how do I want to use my platform? How do I want to use my social media? How do I maybe change my algorithms? So I'm not seeing those people all the time. And can we believe what we see? On that social too, media. That too. How much of no, it is catered because of endorsements. <laughs> yeah. How many tickets stuff for, okay. for not okay? Okay, I, that's good. I thought it was really uh intriguing. And that's Hulu. That's on Hulu, correct. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh what else you got in that? Okay, so if you're yours? like those are not on my alley, Paul. What else oh, you got? actually, you know what? I'm gonna do this. Okay. We're gonna go to break and I want you to tell us what you want us to watch when we uh, come back. And then can we ask you some questions about the whole Warner Brothers Discovery experience? I got feelings, y'all. All All right, we'll do that. And don't worry, we'll get to a crazy stupidity or two as well. But we're gonna keep Paul through this next segment right here in My Talk 1071. This is- Welcome back to the Colleen Bradley Show. You're on My Talk 1071. We're going to get to your crazy, stupid idiots, but look, we had to cut Paul's interview a little short, so I wanted to make sure he had enough time to tell us about the things uh, on streaming and in theaters that you need to watch this weekend and beyond. Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies.com. I interrupted you when you were about to tell us about luck. I yes. Think, I think. Anyway. Yeah, it's luck. Yep. This is a new one on Apple TV Plus. This is an animated movie for families. And it's about a girl named Sam who is now aged out of the foster care system. So she's living on her own. She has like the worst luck in the world. And one day she meets this black cat named Bob, voiced by Simon Pegg, who takes her to the land of luck, where luck is kind of granted and given to humans on earth so she thinks if she can find some luck she can give it to her friend that's also in the foster care system oh, okay. so you've got uh, Eva Noblezada who's in the current cast of Hades Town on Broadway she plays Sam and you also have people like Whoopi Goldberg and Jane Fonda and Flula Borg oh, having wow. voices in this and this is on Apple TV Plus I think this is like their first animated movie on their service it's also from Skydance Animation and they and Apple do they have some kind of exclusivity with Skydance or like that like probably if, yeah yeah 
I think it's a new partnership. Um, and, you know, I think that this movie is a cute little adventure. It's very creative for kids. I think that kids will really love the world of the Land of the Luck. It's very clever, bright green. I love the kind of whole look of it. And Simon Pegg is so great as this cat named Bob. You can just hear him kind of throwing his voice over that you like from an animated movie. But for me, I was like, this is kind of too long already. It isn't even that long of a movie, but I felt like the story was really stretched out much longer than that needed to be. They're in the Land of Luck for too long because then they also go to Bad Luck World. So I think that kids will like it. <laughs> I think they'll find it I've, funny. I've been to Bad Luck World. Haven't all. we all? <laughs> yes. What a, what a journey. Right, <laughs> right. But I think parents may be like, okay, kids, you go and watch that. I'll be over here. It's not one I think that the... And, and parents may like it. There are really good lessons, I would say, for kids. If parents want to have those conversations about luck, hard work, how bad luck is important for us, I think that there's good lessons for kids in it. Now, this is also the comeback vehicle for former Disney Pixar head John Lasseter. And this is the first time that he has put his name behind a movie in quite some time because he left Disney mm, in a little bit of a bad light. So do you think that this is a good harbinger for his career? Do you think he's going to be making more movies for Skydance? You know, I don't know. I, I think the movie itself isn't getting great reviews. I think a lot of people may... Not well. If if you're that inside knowledge baseball to this, I don't know if people then would want to watch it to support him. Mm-hmm. So I think he he was like he s- was accused of like toxic uh, work environment. Yeah, experience, I think sexual right? allegations as well. Yeah. Sexual harassment. Okay. Pixar, but he was really one of the founders of Pixar and got like Toy Story, The Incredibles. I was going to say he's behind like Toy Story and stuff. You know, I heard something about how this was the first film. This relationship between Skydance and Apple. And that this one was not going to be as good. But then there's another one around the corner that he's working on. That's like his he's all in like this film. I don't know if he was like totally all behind. I'm not sure what that other film is, but it sounds like they've really taken the, you know, like, let's give him this this chance to, right. you know, make a quote comeback. Yeah. I mean, huh. we, still see, we shall see. Yeah. How many tickets? Three sounds- out of five. I had a good conversation with Simon Pagg and Flula Borg and Eva Noblezada. So, oh my God. great. Great. Hey, it's yeah. not a bad day at the office. No. Yeah. Not a bad me. day this week. You didn't get to interview Jane Fonda? No, I wish. Oh, I sorry. have before. Oh, you, I was going to say you probably have for Frankie and or Grace and Frankie. I did for Book Club. Oh, oh yes. One I of my favorite that, interviews. Where yep. she, yeah. I don't even know if we can talk about it on air, but just go to my YouTube channel. <laughs> what would you have talked about that you can't talk about on this station? Uh, okay. Well... If we're talking about Laurie and Julia, I mean, no, that's not what I mean. How they talk about stuff on their show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you mean they separate. talk about sex? Yeah, about sex. you can talk so about Jane sex Fonda, on okay. I said, how, what is your advice for people trying to find love at a later state? Because that was kind of what book club is all about. And she said, be cautious because STIs run rampant in retirement communities. Oh, yes. Oh, oh ha- yeah. have you looked at the, the villages, villages in Florida? <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> so, yes. That, so she stopped me dead in my track. Sure it was so funny. You. Yeah. Um, and you can get all of Paul's interviews, of course, on his uh, YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. Uh, and then they'll just pop right into your feed and you won't have to, you know, uh, refresh or anything like yeah. that. Um, I did just want to ask you in the remaining moments that we have together about, you know, we've we've had a lot of discussion today about the Warner Brothers Discovery uh, merger and how that's affected like the DC universe or like streaming. Because I, I know as somebody who is, you know, so plugged in, you've you've got to have opinions. about Oh, this. I've got plenty of opinions about this. Where, Where do, do we even begin? One, I hate the fact that what Warner Brothers Discovery is doing is pulling content. Mm. They were secretly removing movies from these HBO Max movies that were originals from their services. Why that's kind of problematic is you didn't give your talent 
any notice. These this talent may be getting paid off their streaming contracts. Now you're pulling that. So that's that's one issue. Yeah. I also hate the fact that now they're axing Batgirl. Mm -hmm. I was so looking forward to this movie because Leslie Jones is an Afro-Latina actress. She was in In the Heights. Getting that in a superhero like Batgirl is so important for representation. And knowing that they've already spent the money to make this movie, it also had Michael Keaton returning. It had Brendan Fraser. You had a great cast. The two cre- the two directors also just directed uh, Ms. Marvel, and they oh, yeah. are um, of Middle Eastern descent, if I remember correctly. Don't quote me on it. But you have a lot of important representation there. To then yank that without warning, because they didn't know that it was going to happen. Leslie Grace did not know that this was yeah, happening. You said Leslie Jones before, but I oh, know what you meant. Leslie you Grace. Meant Leslie Grace. Because I was Leslie like, Jones. I literally was going through the thing like... I missed that was Leslie no, Jones. Leslie Grace, I apologize. That I'm would be great. Too, I would love to see her as a superhero. I mean, that would be great casting. Talking too fast, like I always do. Um, so there's that. The, but what they are keeping, and here's what's problematic, is that they're keeping The Flash, which is with Ezra mm. Miller, mm-hmm. and they have so many allegations against them mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, It's like, it, it's almost as if Warner Brothers is saying, we don't care about those allegations. We're going to keep them on the docket. We're going to keep moving forward with that movie but we're gonna dump this supergirl bat this batgirl and i don't know about you holly but i feel like their calculation there had very little to do with the allegations and far more to do with oh wait let me wait, let me wait, do it wait, right ah, here ah, oh and when we start talking about money sure let's you can have that conversation if you want to retry to rebrand or build something in the future Say, oh, we're going to start this in 2023. We've got this stuff in the can. We'll release it now. But just know we've got some really great. They could do both. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. but what what are they losing out if they don't even air it? You could put Batgirl back on HBO Max, make some money off people that may join. I I am just curious. Like, I don't know if it's just like a tax thing. Like, you can't show this and therefore you can write it off that, that made them do this. Or if there's something else. Or, you know, like we're conspiracy theorists on the Colleen and Bradley show. Absolutely. You gotta wonder if it's like the Choco Taco thing or the, what do we call this? The Mexican, Taco Bell Mexican pizza uh principle sure which is if you take something away make people scream for it and then you give it back and you look like a hero oh yeah this is the mcrib theory i got my fast food tropes mixed yeah. up <laughs> but explain holly uh the mcrib theory of um manufactured scarcity yeah being that you take the McRib off the menu, you provide it for only a limited time only, then you can r- muscle up some demand and then you can re- yeah. re- re-release it and people will be hungry for it. I mean, I hope that's what happens. I hope that they get their act together. just for Leslie Grace and all the people that, you know, yeah. the directors that you referenced. I can't remember yeah. their names. Um, but yeah, like just for the work and the representation that, you that's know, important. really does matter. Yeah. So. And yeah, exactly. You know, Paul, I love putting a quarter in you about TV and movies because you could just go for <laughs> days and I learn something every right time. Now. So I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. We are going to run because I do want to get to a crazy, stupid idiot or two. But Paul, remind people where they can get tons more of you, including but not limited to today on Twin Cities Live. Paulstriptothemovies.com or my YouTube channel, Paul Strip the Movies. If you want to follow me on social, at Paul's Movie Trip, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Perfect, Paul. Hey, have a great weekend. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. And now, Holly, hit that beautiful bean footage. Well then, I guess one could say, that's a crazy stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy stupid idiots. That's dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of 
Florida. Florida. Sometimes other places. Like? Uh, We're going to Japan, Bradley. Oh, my God. We've been to Japan twice today in the show. We went for Mochi Donuts the first go-round. Yes. Now, uh, where are we going this time? Well, we're going to the Saitama Prefecture. Oh, yeah, Saitama. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, This happened back in July. And, um, oof. Well, yeah. Oh. We gotta go. Well, it's just it sound. It sounded painful. Well, it is when I tell you the story uh, about a guy. We don't know his name, but um, he decided to meet in a parking lot of a convenience store to negotiate the sale of an eighteen carat yellow gold Rolex Yachtmaster Two. That's a lot of words. That's what? a lot of. Words, but the key word in that, Bradley, is Rolex. Okay, I did hear Rolex. That's fancy. That's fancy. Now, I'm assuming this was kind some kind of internet thing, whatever their equivalent of Craigslist marketplace is, where, okay. you know, sure. you see something online, boop, 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 you message it, and you're like, well, we'll meet a, new, a neutral location to negotiate the sale of this product. Well, that's what this guy did. Now... It's worth $47,000, this watch. Oh, my God. $47,000 for a watch. That's insane. Look, people like their watches. I'm happy for them. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this sale was arranged through a secondhand online shopping site, like I said. Now, the guy with the Rolex, the owner of the Rolex, and the potential buyer met in this parking lot. Uh, And the buyer... Asked the seller to go into the store and buy some tea while they were going to negotiate the sale of this watch. It was like, well, you know, uh, okay, great. And the seller agreed to what the buyer wanted to go buy some refreshments. And the buyer was like, well, let me just, I'll just hold on to this watch while you go and get us some tea. Okay, this doesn't sound like it's going to end well. Well, the guy went and bought the tea in the convenience store. But he walked out, and the guy and the $47,000 watch was gone. Oh, my God. So you're telling me that uh, <laughs> yeah. two guys were negotiating over a watch. The one who wanted to buy the watch was like, yeah, go go get a tea. I'll just hang out here with this $47,000 watch. Yeah. Oh, oh honey. And then... The guy tried to contact the buyer. However, after texting, I left it in your car. I don't have your watch. Then the buyer deleted his account because he was like, I just got had. I just got had. Anyways, I wanted to bring this to you as a public service announcement when you are doing these uh, uh, secondhand negotiations with strangers. Don't leave the stuff you're going to sell them in their hands. They're going to walk away. I will say in the in the world or at least the places i've been in the world of the places i've been in the world japan is a place where like you could literally leave your rolex like on a table i mean i'm I'm not gonna like say always but like people leave their stuff laying around all the time or at least when i was there like you know like if if we were at a coffee shop and you had something expensive or like your phone you wouldn't leave your phone on a table here right no in japan i kind of feel like it's a different thing. Like people just aren't going to like walk off with your phone. Yeah. Well, and which the- is probably why this guy thought it was totally fine to like leave it with this other guy. But clearly, clearly <laughs> it's still an opportunity to walk away with your watch. Now, the seller of the watch 
who didn't get a chance to sell his watch, according to this story, was in good spirits during a post-mortem interview, and he admitted, I was too honest. Yeah. I was too honest. I mean, there are worse things to be in the world. But I'm not going to be in good spirits after I lost $50,000, so... Hopefully they get it back. And look, so just, you know... Proceed with caution when you are going to buy things. As a person who has bought a pair of shoes off of a school bus that was parked in somebody's driveway, just proceed with caution. Oh, God. That's a whole different story we don't have time to tell. (laughs) When we come back, though, we are going to play a game with you. It's called The Throwback. Live. Right here on My Talk 1071.